You're listening to the Experience Sikhi podcast, a deeper look into the Sikh identity. We present to you open, honest, and inspiring stories. No armor, pretense, or sugarcoating. Welcome to the Experience Sikhi podcast. I'm Dalrad Singh. We begin the, bod- the podcast by acknowledging that we are meeting on Aboriginal land that has been inhabited by Indigenous peoples from the beginning. As settlers, we're grateful for the opportunity to meet here, and we thank all the generations of people who have taken care of this land for thousands of years. In particular, we acknowledge the traditional territory of the Anishinaabek and the Huron-Wendat. Also, just some reminders, if you guys like the podcast, please remember to comment, rate, and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Play. You can also send us questions and feedback at podcast at experienceaki.com. Once again, that's podcast at experienceaki.com. Our guest today is Gagan Kaur. Gagan Kaur is a vegan jack-of-all-trades from Brampton, Ontario. She graduated with a degree in chemical engineering and as well a minor in business from McMaster University. In 2021, she started her journey of exploring the wild world of supply chain at HelloFresh. Canada's biggest food kit delivery service. Guggen currently works as a supply chain coordinator, primarily focusing on the sourcing and purchasing activities related to produce ingredients for those kits. Outside of work, Guggen spends a lot of time with her family and friends and doing seva with experience Sikhi. You'll also find her honing in on her many different hobbies like hydroponic gardening. I don't even know what that is. DIYing, cooking and hiking in her spare time. So here's Gagan Kaur. Wahiguji ka khalsa, wahiguji ki fateh. Welcome Gagan Kaur. Thank you so much for being on the podcast here with us today. How are you doing? Wahiguji ka khalsa, wahiguji ki fateh. I'm doing good. How are you, Dorad? Nice to finally be here. Yeah, it took a bit of <laughs> scheduling <laughs> difficulties because of right. a number of circumstances. The weather has not right. been friendly this right. week, but we are here. Happy but to also excited to be here. I mean, after listening yeah. to so many episodes, it's also exciting to be here. On the other, I'm end not it. allowed to take the pump to my ego because then I will start <laughs> believing in myself as a real podcast host, and we won't go down that tunnel yet. But can you start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? My name is Guggen. People lovingly call me Guggen Jigdev, so it's really hard for me to call myself Guggen God. I know you're going to be referring to me as a Gagan God throughout this, but I am Gagan Uh I studied chemical engineering at McMaster University. I graduated about five years ago, which is insane to think that that was five years ago. But because in my heart, I'm still 23. So I graduated when I was yeah. 23. It was a long six year program uh, outside of school or after school. I really developed uh a hobby for gardening and continued my hobbies for art i love to diy that's what i do in my free time uh mm. i have a younger sister who i also went to the same school with so we were together we've been together since 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 day one wow. and uh right now i work in procurement at hello fresh somewhere i didn't think i'd end up but i love it there so far and let's see where life takes me from now from there so when we spoke earlier you mm-hmm. talked a lot about the uniqueness of the engineering and society program specifically. That was the first time I had ever heard of that program, but I wanted to hear more from you about the engineering program on its own 
versus the engineering and society program? So engineering and society program at McMaster University is actually like the only program of its kind in North America. Uh, or so that, that, that is how McMaster sells it. Markets it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they market it. Um, it's very, it's very non-conventional. I would say I like, cause I was, I was there and I saw how the people that were not in that program, like their course structure was very different. We focused a lot on like how to become a well-rounded sustainability focused engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really important to me, like going into the program. I always, I was always very into like the environment and sustainability and like, just, you know, if, if people that know me, they, they know I'm like a little bit of a jack of all trades. Like I like mm-hmm. to dabble in everything and I have a lot of hobbies. So it just, it fit really well. It fit that, like my personality really well. And the people that I was in that program with also were all like the same type of personalities with people that had like a lot of hobbies, people that were like very talented across like multiple things um, who really wanted to be well-rounded. Right. So like a typical engineering program, as a lot of you guys know, who's, who are, you know, looking into uh, studying it or who are in, who are in engineering program know that there's not a lot of freedom for like things like electives um there's they're very structured theoretical kind of based programs whereas engineering society they allows that flexibility right you're allowed to you have like exclusive courses for that engineering like for the society program but then you also get like seven or eight courses that you can pick uh from obviously like a dedicated list but you can choose to focus on one stream and like get a minor Right. And that's what a lot of people do when they enter that program. They typically try to, they typically tend to focus all their electives on a single stream so that they can get the minor. But again, that's not mandatory either. You can, you can go in and be like, I want to take level, like a second year English course and then like a third year art course and like a theater course. Like you can do whatever you want. Like they give you a full freedom for somebody who just has like different passions. But like I said, I would say like more than 50% of people typically go the, like minor route just because it it's worth it it's totally worth it right i did mine in business so i focused all my electives in like uh in the commerce so they're all commerce courses and if you take like the certain list you meet the certain criteria you end up with uh you apply for your minor at the end and then they're like yeah here you have a minor i'm like cool uh i originally went into it because i wanted to do a master's in engine master's in business administration so an mba Mm -hmm. um and Again, adding to the unique uniqueness of McMaster, they allow you to fast track the MBA program because McMaster also has a business school um, if you did the minor in business. So I would, the whole plan was like, oh, I'm going to do my MBA in one year versus two years, which is very typical for everybody else. Uh, and it's just uh, the, the program itself, Society, it focuses a lot on the art of inquiry and like I said before, sustainability. So not like research projects like uh if i could i'll try my best to explain the difference between inquiry and research it's not like you're just picking a topic and then doing like a paper on it or picking a topic and writing like doing a presentation on it the art of inquiry is very like coming up with essential questions like and then going back and forth doing research and like figuring out the process and like how to actually like it's it's more about um 
how did this thing come to be right like so they taught us a lot about like how to do primary field research so we were like going out into cities like we had a project my first inquiry project was on homelessness in hamilton so we were like going out to the city um going out to like uh the municipality like getting in contact with people there like doing like field research like seeing how many people are like actually homeless in hamilton like working with people it was was, they're very like immersive courses right case study based like and you would study with people from every stream of engineering so that is what uh that's the best part of that program you're studying with people that are in different streams of engineering so i'm not just like like i said i did chemical i'm not just stuck with chemical engineers Mm -hmm. for those four five years i'm gonna or six years as i was five out of six years were school one year was co-op but I got to study and do projects and like be really involved with people from every stream of engineering. So it was that was really fun because everybody brings their own like set of skills and knowledge and passion to to those classes and to those projects. And that was that was the best part of it, I think, um, just having that variety. Right? It was never boring. Those classes were a little bit more intimate, so we really got to hone in on our presentation skills, our speaking skills, um, which I was really shocked. I didn't find out until my final year in chemical engineering that all the people that were in the straight chemical engineering program had not done a single presentation in any of their other courses since second year. So they went first, second, third year, and then like half of fourth year without doing a single presentation. Because engineering is so like math and like, Mm -hmm software based it's just you're just high handing in assignments doing your midterms doing your exam right and i remember in fourth year we had like one of our final year lab courses we had to do we had to present our final lab like of our whole of our whole undergraduate career they had to we had to present it and these people are panicking i remember my peers just being like oh my god i've never done a presentation like that they were panicking they're obviously well-rounded smart folk but they were just like, yo, it's been so long. Like, we haven't done a presentation. I'm like, dude, I do a presentation once a week. Because we would go into those, like, society classes. You get three hours. You get a case study at the beginning. You solve the problem. Or you work on some sort of solution. And then you present it at the end of the class. Yeah. So we really got to work on, like, how to be concise. How to, uh, how to like, figure things out in a group setting that we didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think the regular engineers get. Again, I'm not I'm not saying it's the best program ever, but I had a lot of fun and I would highly recommend it for people who have like who want a more well rounded uh education and just experience, right, in general. The the type of people there, like I it definitely felt like home. If I if I had not gone into that program, I I would have been way more stressed, I think. Yeah. And bored straight up. Right? So it was really fun in that sense. A little longer. It, it is longer. It is one extra, one year extra. I forgot if I mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. So it is a five year bachelor instead of a four year bachelor. Right. So you are, it is a longer program. You're because you're taking 10 extra courses on top of your actual stream. Yeah. But I thought it was totally worth it. And co-op wasn't the sole reason for your program being longer. No. So it's, it's actually a five year bachelor program. So that's 10 semesters. And then you can choose to do your co-op in the summers so that you can still graduate within the five years. Mm-hmm. Right. But oh, uh, okay. I, I, yeah, but I chose to do, um, 
my summer school, my commerce courses in summer school because, okay. and then we'll get into this a little bit later, but like, I didn't want to do my commerce courses during my engineer courses. I wanted to like keep my course load as light as possible. And, mm -hmm. uh, cause I was living in Hamilton anyways, I didn't mind like staying there for the summer as well. It was like two times a week. So it wasn't a big deal, sure. but because I did my courses in the summer, I didn't work. And I took a year off, like my penultimate year to do my 16 months co-op straight. And then I came back and a lot of people in my, in my program or my batch, like followed the same format. So we were there for like six years in total. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but it was great, right? Like you, you, we built like this really small bit, like group that we were there together since, since day one till the end. Was there a specific reason that you chose to enter engineering? Because it seems like you had a pre-existing passion for business. Uh, I don't think I had a pre-existing passion for business, uh, okay. enough, enough to study it. It was definitely mm. pushed from family though. Like. It, I know mm -hmm. every, every kid has that push from their parents to a degree, like my parents definitely, or my dad definitely was very like study business, study business. And I did apply, mm -hmm. I applied to some business programs as well, like at Waterloo and at Toronto and at McMaster, but I didn't, it wasn't like something that I wanted to study. I was like, that's mm -hmm. something I can like do later. It was like, oh, I'll do my master's. Yep. Right. Um, definitely interested, but not again, not, I wouldn't have ever, I think spent the four years doing it. Uh, mm -hmm. engineering was always like the, the, the dream. And that was, that was just like, I was always raised, like I was raised, like doing things with my hands and like breaking mm -hmm. things open and putting them back together. Like the yeah. first time I took apart a computer, I was like, in I was like eight years old and wow. my dad was like, now put it, my dad was like, now put it back together. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can do that. Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. And my dad's very handy too. Like he's very like, he is he is like the jack of all trades. Like he can build a house from the ground up. He can like, he could do, I remember like watching him doing AutoCAD drawings when I was younger, right? Like mm -hmm. he can, he can, you, he can build anything with wood. He can, he, but he's actually works in like steel fabrication and welding and like hydraulics. Yep. He's like an engineer without the degree. So I was very like, yeah. it was kind of like, in a way, like I was very inspired by him growing up. Like he is my hero and I wanted to be like him. I want to learn everything, but he never pushed me to study engineering. Like, like very contrary to popular brown parenting, but yeah. he was very like, no, um, his whole thing was, it's about your skill at the end of the day. He's like, if I can do this without a degree, mm -hmm. right? Like then you can do so much more with a, a different degree. Like that was his okay. approach. Um, but he always did push for push for business and I, I did want to incorporate that. So that was kind of like to make him happy, make my yeah. family happy. But I also was, you know, interested. It was always engineering though. It was always like either mechanical or chemical and ended up, ended up in chemical because my grades weren't high enough for chemical. So that's the for harsh mechanical. truth of it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It, at McMaster and like a lot of universities, uh, first year is general studies. So everybody takes the exact same 10 courses. And then in second year, you would go and pick your stream, like your major. And then, yeah. then it, then it's all, then it's all based on, uh, demand, right? So oh, okay. civil and mechanical and software are very competitive for that because they have a limited number of seats, right? Per year. Yeah. So you would need to have like a high B, low A to even get into the, to that stream. And yeah, I'm an, I'm the worst student ever. So my grades in first year were absolutely horrible and 
still 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 made it through though so now you know but that's how he got there <laughs> i'm guessing that the difference between studying in the engineering courses and the business courses was very different um now being in the mba and experiencing the shift from law to business and being and it being very drastic i i think it was very strategic that you took your commerce courses in the summers but how did you manage the difference in learning and teaching styles between the two virtually not opposite streams but very different streams yeah they are very opposite um one of the ways I handled it, like I said, was I did separate it into my summer semesters mm -hmm. just yep. so I was like able to kind of focus on one stream at a time, uh, except for first year and first year I, I took econ, uh, like economics it, while doing yep. my engineering courses. And that's where I decided I was like, nope, this is not going to happen for the next four years. Uh, so I, I def that was one of my strategies to like separate it out into my summer semesters. And then in terms of like learning style, yeah, like in in engineering like it's a lot of math and a lot of theories um which theory is also present in business as well but hmm. i was very yeah. used to writing like my exams would be like engineering exam for chemical because it's like a physical science based stream it was a lot of like you get three hours and there's three questions and you have to answer those three questions and the solution yeah. for one of them will take like three pages right so a lot mm -hmm. of writing a lot of math of business courses were all like multiple choice so I'm very bad at multiple choice and it's like selecting between like two very similar answers. Cause that's how business courses are. Yeah. And it was always like that always, that always ruined me. But, um, in terms of learning style, I just had to, like, I, I had to really like think differently, uh, working with, working with business students was also an experience. <laughs> like yeah. our projects and our presentations with them were very specific. Like they have a very, um, I don't know, like a, it's a structured, it's a different approach. Like it's not, I don't think it's as holistic or maybe just the ones that I was, I was also in like just level one and two courses. So I didn't get mm -hmm. to, we didn't get to take as a part of a minor, like upper year courses. Cause they were not, okay. they're too advanced. We don't have enough prerequisites to take those. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was in a lot of first and like level one and two <laughs> courses with like these kids that think they know everything, but I think business kids think that engineering kids think they know everything. So it was just like yeah. a lot of butting heads. Um, one example is because I was also in the society program, a lot of us like love to write and we have to do a lot of like mm -hmm. reflections and writing. So we like to fluff up our writing. Even when yep. I speak, like I like to fluff it up, you know, there's a lot of like storytelling involved mm -hmm. in, in, in our type of writing, um, especially in the type of writing I was doing for most of those years. And in business, in our business classes, I remember they had to specifically call out all other department students to be like, please write, this is how you write a technical paper. Each yeah. sentence in your technical paper should not be more than two lines long. So mm -hmm. I, I would write, I would write my report and then get one of my business friends to like edit it for me because my sentences were always so long. <laughs> They'd yeah. be like three, four lines, not run on sentences, but just very detailed, like points. And they would be like, no, yeah. yo, you're going to get, no, you got to fix this. You got to fix this. So mm -hmm. that was another, that was another way I would really like ask my business friends to be like, Hey, can you write this technical paper basically for me? <laughs> because uh. I can't seem to be that concise, but I, I did learn over the years how to be, they definitely helped to help me do my technical course in engineering as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So keep how to keep yeah. it concise and not be like such a frivolous writer the whole time. 
because yeah. I was so used to that, right? Uh, mm. It was, it just, it's just picking up different skills and like using what you, like I focus, we relied a lot on our friends. I think that's the biggest thing. That's my biggest advice to kids too. Like, just don't try to do everything yourself. That's not how the real world, real world works. Um, just it's, it's never going to be just you against everybody else. Right. Yeah. So really like work, work on your teamwork skills and uh, like sharing of responsibility, like that kind of stuff. You really need to focus on that in your undergrad, because again, once you enter the real world and you're in a, in, in the corporate world or like wherever, wherever, wherever you end up, um, you're always going to be working with a bunch of people with a bunch of different backgrounds. So that was a really, that was a good, that was another pro right of this of yeah. this undergraduate program because you're working with people from different uh like different backgrounds like cross-functional teams that's how the real world works right so hmm. imagine having graduated a program where you're only studying with your type of student like the student who's studying the same thing and then you when you go into the when you get your first job you're like hmm look at all these different people how do i work with them yeah. It's not impossible, wow, but it definitely helped. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely helped. Since you were taking courses, no, it did. And mm -hmm. since you were taking courses throughout your summers as well, and it was a longer program, did you find yourself having any time for extracurriculars or things in general that could get your mind off of school? Yeah, so that again, like I had a lot of reasons for pushing the courses into the summer, right? Because I didn't want to be dying with 12 courses per mm -hmm. semester in in the during the actual year uh because engineering already is a course overload which is why they don't allow mm -hmm. you to do minor so i yep. forget oh, how okay. every you i forget how they define course overload but i think it's something like over five courses per semester and a lot of the times i would have six like six mm -hmm. or six so adding to that would like, I know students were definitely struggling, but again, because I wanted to do extracurriculars, I was like, the only way that's going to work is if I spread it out into the summer, right? Mm -hmm. So for extracurriculars, I did a lot of, I, I did some engineering clubs that didn't require like a monthly or like a weekly thing. So it was something just like anytime there was an event, which would be like two, three times a year, it just kind of like helped plan it a little bit. So like industry mm -hmm. nights, um, meeting where students would organize, um, uh, an event where they're just bringing in people from their like co-op companies, like represents representatives from there. And it's just like a little networking mm -hmm. event, uh, or like at the beginning and end of the school year where you're talking to prospective students. Um, uh, so we, we used to have this thing called May at Mac, which was like the year that or like the month where all the incoming students are getting like campus tours and program tours and things like that. So they would like, we would volunteer from, uh, like they would get some people from each department uh, yep. to volunteer and like represent the program. So we'd be like tabling out there uh, on the like on those orientation days. That was really that was something that I did every year. And then I was also part of this thing called uh, Big Sister Little Sister, which was specifically focusing on girls in STEM. Um, so we they would like pair us up. You could get you can choose to pair yourself with uh, a mentor that was like in an mm -hmm. upper year. Um, so I did that in fourth and fifth year and that was really fun too. So getting to like, you know, inspire and talk to like the first year students is always really fun. And like, I didn't, I didn't have that in my first year cause I didn't know about it until like my second year. 
Um, yep. That would have been very helpful uh, for sure. And then the biggest one that took up most of my time was SSA. <laughs> so that was my weekly get away from school, you know, do some sangat, really like being away from home um, in Hamilton, like the first year I was there was very culture shock. So I went to McMaster 2012 to 2018. And when I went there, my first year, there was barely any brown people on campus, especially engineering. I think in my, in my specific stream, I was, there was two Punjabi people in my whole program. Wow. Yeah, that's out of 150 kids, right? And then I mm -hmm. probably like 10 in the whole, in my whole year, right? So yep. very, and out of those 10, like not many like visibly sick people either. So mm -hmm. it was definitely like culture shock, you know, having grown up in like Malton and Brampton uh, yep. my whole life, like it was definitely a lot. So having that, I really wanted to make sure I had something that was like keeping me anchored, right? Because that's mm -hmm. what... Sangat is right. Sangat and Sikhi is like an anchor, and it's, we have all this like we have all these dunyavi responsibilities and like goals, and we need to make sure that we have something to keep us grounded and like you know tied down. So that was my like that was my goal. I did the exec committee every single year, and then I was VP in my fourth year, and I was VP in my third year, president in my fifth year and then mm -hmm. then I did my co-op and then my final year I was off the exec team because I was really focusing on my grades but still yeah. went to like all the meetings and stuff but didn't want to like run anything but mm -hmm. that was a really great way to again get away from school right yeah. so we would you know we would do that together once a week in mm -hmm. the student center we had like a little meeting room booked we would at the beginning we would do like Asadiva programs uh, at the on like the first Thursday, I think it was on of every month. That was really mm -hmm. nice. Um, got in trouble a few times, but we had a good standing with the with the club with the club pre like the MSU president. So yep. anytime somebody would go complain, they'd be like, "We know these guys. They they're like leave them alone," kind of thing. So that was always oh. nice. Um, and that's where I met. That's where I met a lot of the. Uh, a lot of my friends that I am still with today at Experience Sikhi. <laughs> Back when we used to be SYF, that's how I got into SYF yeah. because it was uh, one of our mutual friends, Govinder, who, who I had known from high school as well, who was like, hey, you should really come to camp. And I'm like, okay. And that's, uh, the rest is history. <laughs> the rest is Life history. Life was changed. Camp does Life have was changed. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. So the first camp, I was like, impact. that's it. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's kept you involved since then? Because that was, that was years ago. So why do you still ago. feel the pull? Yeah. So why do you still feel the pull towards ES? It's just, it's an amazing group of people. It's family. They became family really quick, like really quickly at, right at the beginning. Right. Mm -hmm. Having, having like a, at the beginning, it was definitely about Seva. And it was about just having like a community outside of school. I think that was really important because yeah. um, mm. I didn't want to just have like school friends, right? Yeah. Um, it helped that the everybody in SYF or ES was local to hometown. Mm. So anytime yeah. I came home, it was like something to come back to, right? Uh, it was actually one of the only reasons I came home. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because otherwise, like it was way too stressful to like be coming home on the weekends. Cause, mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, cause I would come home and like not open my bag for three days. Yep. 
and I would go back on Sunday night and be like, ah, oh, shoot, I have so much homework to do. But yep. I would always like, I would try my best to make time for like all the programs on the weekend. So it's, uh, it's just, it, people are really great and it was growing. We had, it was just nice to be surrounded by people that had like a shared vision, right? Yeah. Shared vision. Um, a lot of just passionate people from like different backgrounds everybody got along so well still get along mm -hmm. so well i mean we're here 10 yep. years later right and yep. it's just it's it's nice to feel like you're a part of something bigger than yourself and that's what mm -hmm. it always felt like from the beginning even when it was really small it felt so big right yeah there's a lot of love a lot of a lot of uh josh you know a lot of like mm -hmm. just getting wanting to do this thing and it was nice yep. we're and I feel like we're still achieving that 10 years later. Madhuskar, but, you know, continues. For sure. Yeah. I mean, we're releasing this in our 10th year of existence. It's amazing. Um, you've mentioned some of the pressures and challenges associated with engineering in general, plus having a longer program. So for those who don't know what some of those challenges in engineering may be, what did you find yourself dealing with? And what did you do to address it or combat it? I mean, the biggest challenge was just the course load. I think mm -hmm. that's the thing that most people complain about or talk about or yeah. like to complain about. Uh, so it's definitely m many more hours of class in comparison to a lot of other programs. And then on top of that, yeah. each course has like a project. so. I was, I was having like 80, 90, 100 hour weeks. I don't even know how that's possible. I was in a lot yeah. of sleep debt. I've accumulated a lot of sleep debt over those six years, but hmm. we, it was, it was hard to, um, it was definitely hard to balance all of the assignments and the, the projects, but like, especially if you had like different project groups, right? Hmm. Different project groups. Yep. So we kind of learned in second, I learned this a little late. I learned in third year it's best to have the same project group across all courses, right? Because yep. if you're, if you're just, if you just have the same group of people, it's way less coordination. Cause you know, like, okay, yep. it's the same group, five to six people, you know, that we have this project for this class, this project for this class, it was just way easier to schedule. So, and in third year, like by that time, you kind of have like a little group anyways. So yep. you just stick with that group till the end. That's like my biggest, um, there are pros and cons to that because you, you just get used to working with a certain group of people, right? Um, mm -hmm. But then because you know each other very well, it's like really easy to delegate. It's really easy to get things done. There's like, you 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 can have expectations and you know they'll be met kind of thing. So yeah. that was one way I definitely did. We learned a little bit late, but we that's what we, a lot of people did. They're like, okay, just like stick to a group, do all your projects together. Mm -hmm. um, and also learn to accept group study. I used to hate group study mm. for the first like two years and I did terribly in the first two, three years. Um, in comparison, I mean, to my fourth and fifth years, I mostly cause I'm a procrastinator. So it was really hard for me to like study in groups because I would never study on time or like never yeah. do anything on time. So I often like isolated myself in that way. So if I were to do that again, I would definitely incorporate like group study earlier on because a it keeps you accountable right b it 
uh, you learn better when you're in a group setting anyways. You learn from each other's mistakes if you, if you, if you go in with that mindset. Um, talking solutions out or like talking your, talking it out helps you retain the information better as well. Just like, you know, for things that you do need to memorize. It was something that I did, again, did not learn until third year. But as soon as that started, my grades were getting better. My retention rates were getting better. Like everything... I felt more confident. Um, I felt more confident in what I was doing because I wasn't like, it's not like I was studying the night before my exam and then like writing my exam and then being like, oh, I don't know how I did, right? Having that confirmation from like peers was really important. Um, so that was another thing I did to combat. What else? You mentioned the like sleep debt being one of the impacts. <laughs> So oh, yeah. what type of toll did school have on you and yeah. what lessons has that taught you after school? This is a deep one, though, Rod, but we'll get into it. I'll try to get into it. Uh, it was the, the sleep debt was definitely like, it was depressing, first of all, to be constantly exhausted and yeah. not feeling like you're doing well and i wasn't doing well in school for those first three years because of that i was like combined procrastination with just like not learning or like knowing how to study it was it was very um and that's why you would stay up because you're constantly pro procrastinating and you're constantly staying up and catching up right yeah. i would like i stopped going to class at some point in like mm -hmm. the beginning of third year and uh, end of second year beginning of third year and it was really hard like to go through it on your own Right. And because yep. I was so behind, I, like I said, isolated myself. So it was, it was, it was depressing in that sense. And then also the toll it took on my body. Like I was sick constantly, I was constantly mm -hmm. not well. Um, I had a lot of like mental health and like physical health issues pop up during that time as well. So I was like, I had like, gained like 40 pounds. I was like on like random medications and that medication was making me not sleep as well. So it was a lot of like a lot of physical and like mental stress in like a small period of time. Um, yeah. I, if I were to go back, I would, like I said, like having the, having like group support was really important. I learned that for myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, not going through things alone, not feeling like you have to deal with things alone. Cause I, that's just kind of how I always, that's kind of how I grew up. Like I didn't really know how to ask for help when I needed yep. to that, and that goes for everything. That was like any, like in terms of like how I was feeling and or in terms of like homework or like anything yep. that I needed, I was just very like, I can do it on my own. I can do it on my own. Um, but having gone through that in second and third year and then third year was when it really hit me was kind of like the turning point in my life in general uh, was mm -hmm. when I failed three out of six courses in my first third year semester. So my third year yeah. first semester, that was a, a huge slap in the face mm -hmm. because it really made me question like, okay, am I even worth, like, am I even worth this? Like, is it worth going through this? Am I even like yeah. good enough for this? Am I going to be an engineer? Like, what am I doing here? I clearly mm -hmm. can't even keep up with my courses, um, but I'm I'm not a quitter. I I, I don't I don't like quitting. <laughs> I have a little yep. bit of a I have a little bit of an ego when it comes to that. Um, 
I didn't want to not finish. So I was like, okay, this, if, if I want to see change, I have to, I have to change. Right. Mm -hmm. And I really put my, like, I think I needed to get my physical health in order first and then everything else kind of fell into place. So mm -hmm. again, just like sleep, not that meant not going home because I was, anytime I would go home, I would procrastinate. So I yeah. really had to set into stone, like, okay, I have to give up something here, which is like going home on the weekends. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I had to do that. And that was the way that I was able to stay on campus, meet yeah. up with those friends and peers and actually get my work done. Right. So that's kind of how I, how, how I dealt with the stress there, like sharing it definitely. I learned that I learned, or I was able to reflect on that after finishing school. Right. And then after finishing mm -hmm. school, I was like, okay, this is you learn about the real world when you're in the real world right and yep. i didn't i didn't i kind of went through the same thing again after i graduated um not to ramble or anything but i did go through the same thing after graduating where i didn't feel like i was going to stay in engineering right mm -hmm. and let me foreshadow for you a little bit i didn't stay in engineering <laughs> but going through that uh like going through that acceptance process was really was a lot too um because you know wow i studied like the last six years to do this one thing and now i'm not gonna do it what do you mean and it's hard to explain that to the people around you too i think that was my biggest thing um admitting it's not i wouldn't say it's a failure but at that moment it felt like a failure i would i would i'm definitely saying now that it's not a failure that's just yeah. the way life rolled out and uh, or like the way things happened um but at that moment when you're in that moment and you're accepting it or like trying to accept it in that at that time it does feel like a failure and having to explain to everybody around you like why you're not going to do the thing that <laughs> you've been trying to do for the last six years was really hard uh but again like just having faith that you know like Maraj has a different path is is important that goes back to sangat right group yep. sharing um leaning on people is important uh that's my biggest thing like don't try to do any that's my like biggest life advice like, don't try to do anything alone in life it's we're not we're not we're not designed as humans to to go through it alone yeah. right we we're designed to be to thrive in tribes right and yeah. that's what that's what that's what life is about finding your tribe and getting through it together so i i i'm really thankful for the tribe that i've built over the last like five ten years and i know that i know they'll be there and i'll be there for them so that that that's what helped me deal with everything hopefully that answered the question <laughs> no, it so. did and it, and it brings up another one because you mentioned that you haven't stuck with engineering and now yeah. you're in supply chain management, specifically procurement. So after mm -hmm. school, what made you choose this field of work? After school, like I said, Maraj has his ways and I think it chose me. <laughs> I definitely did not go out looking for it. Um, yeah. I was actually not working for almost two years. Mm -hmm uh, after school, because I was just dealing with that whole, like, you know, acceptance and I, part of me still wanted to go into engineering, but then all part of me didn't want to I was also at the same time dealing with, uh, um, my grandfather who was in palliative care. 
mm-hmm. with cancer. So I, I actually like was really glad that I took that. I had that time off to like be there and take care of family because I'm family is really important to me as well. It's like a really big yeah. forefront, you know. Um, but one day I was just, you know, browsing the boards, the LinkedIn boards, and a recruiter reached out to me. Yeah, a recruiter reached out to me. So I, I had known wow. about HelloFresh specifically um, yeah. from from like YouTube. Uh, I used to love yep. watching YouTube when I was younger. So a lot of the YouTube would give like HelloFresh commercials. And so I always, I knew what it was for the last like six, seven years, but I, right. I, I didn't even know it was a thing in Canada, to be completely honest. I True. honestly yep. thought it was an American and international thing because I'd never seen it here. I'd never seen any, uh, like any commercials for it, any, like anything in the mail, nothing. So I mm-hmm. had no idea it existed. I'm like, oh, cool. Like HelloFresh exists here. Um, so I definitely... Uh, just like I jumped on the opportunity, I was like, so <laughs> little side, so little side rant. Jack of all trades is gonna come up again. I was actually working on my real estate license at the same time because <laughs> yep. that was something I was also very interested in. But mm-hmm. this opportunity came like in the middle of one of my exam weeks, and I wow. asked my like, uh, it was an exam week. It was like a simulation session that I had to like attend. But in the middle of that, I had to like postpone one of my exams because I really wanted this interview for this job. Mm-hmm. And I'll say to you honestly, the like everything that I've ever wanted has just like fallen into my lap like this is just like a common yeah. recurring theme in my life and when this opportunity came I was like very like okay I'm gonna I gotta jump on this right mm-hmm. like it feels it feels like it's gonna work out and yeah. uh, I've been here for two years so it definitely worked out <laughs> yep. right um it recruiter reached out they're like hey we really like your um profile and like my profile was very like uh like my co-op was based at a bank I think I skipped over that part I did my co-op at a bank so I was veering off from engineering from the beginning like even before I graduated I was kind of veering off from it um Mm -hmm. but that was more due to like a majbooty (laughs) like I couldn't I didn't apply for the engineering jobs in time because I was questioning if I even wanted to do co-op yeah so I because I got late for the engineering job cycle I ended up doing like a random application outside of like our school system and I ended up at like CFBC doing like project management, which was also really great. It linked in with my business side and I, that's kind of what I wanted for the future, but they're like, Oh, we like your project side. We like your nonprofit work that you're doing with like ES and like really, you seem really well-rounded. That's what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, when's the interview? They're like tomorrow. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I had less, she, I think the recruiter reached out at like 4 or 5 p.m. The interview was the next day at 9. I'm like, I have no yeah. time. I have no idea what procurement is about yeah. and supply chain is mm-hmm. about. And, but somehow I was able to, I, I don't know, the Raja can't even tell you. I definitely whim, like it was on a whim. I got into that interview and the first thing they asked me was like, <laughs> the first thing they ask you is, if all the printers break down at the facility, what would you do to order like a hundred thousand recipe cards and how would you like how would you solve this problem yeah right so then you have to go through like a bunch of so it was very it was very not technical it was very Mm -hmm. behavioral based questions which i think that was the reason i did well because they're not really they know everybody is everybody has a technical capacity to learn like the tools and the software i think the only prerequisite was you needed an engineering or a business degree that was like the main prerequisite Mm right gotcha. and then yeah and it was like 
yeah, so how would you solve this problem? So you would, they went through, it was like an hour long of like three different scenarios you have to answer. So yeah, I would do this, this, this. Okay, but what if your manager isn't on site and you don't get the approval? Then what do you do? Okay, then this, this, this. Okay, what if every single person that you reached out to isn't able to help? Then what do you do? How do you like, it was, so it was very like, it definitely made you think on the spot and mm-hmm. they liked my answer. So what? <laughs> the enough. next day I got the, the next day I got the, offer wow yeah so the the fast the quickness of that whole situation was really like it gave me a lot of faith and like it gave me a little confidence boost yeah. too i'm like okay you know maybe i'm maybe i'm meant for the world of uh, business and procurement after all mm-hmm. and a lot of i learned i learned during that interview process that a lot of people in chemical and mechanical engineering actually end up in procurement and operations yeah. so all of all of my team's higher ups so managers and executive directors uh, are all and even like uh two two of the chief executives they they all have mechanical and chemical engineering back, like undergraduate degrees so wow. i was like hey and i had never seen like i had no idea of this whole stream that i could have been going towards mm-hmm. right because they yeah. don't i don't know it like university i i university is very like narrow-minded a little yeah. not very a little narrow-minded in that sense where mm-hmm. they present to you the very like popular options, not really, never really focusing yep. or even like exposing you to all these like other things that you could be doing. Um, I don't think you really get to see the variety in roles and options until you start applying for jobs full time, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. when you're in school, like you're just like, oh yeah, like here's the most common path and this is probably what I'm going to do, yeah. which isn't, which is fair because that's what you're being fed, right? But when you, I think having those like two years off really gave me time to explore, but then also like even going through this whole like HelloFresh process, I learned that there's so many different avenues that you can take, right? And I think having that, it it, it healed me in a sense. I know this is going to sound a little cheesy, but I think it healed me in a sense because I was going through that whole like, oh my God, I can't believe I studied engineering for this long and I didn't end up in it. Like my parents were definitely like not elated right um they're like oh when are you gonna do something in your field of study and like that's a natural question like i would find Mm -hmm. myself asking that question to my child as well you know who i like was seeing go through all this right and i would ask my like peers the same question like yeah like what do you like what's going on kind of thing so it was it's definitely natural natural curiosity but i had never like never even thought or knew about this whole thing so when i found out that this is a very real possible really like doable path for somebody who doesn't want to do like very technical engineering i was like so happy and i really it gave me that boost of confidence it really made me like feel like you know i can end up somewhere and still use like my skills that i like it's not like i know i I don't even want to say it but like my degree went to waste i hate saying that i like i don't like when people i don't like saying that because i don't want people to think that their education is a waste there's always like there's always that collective experience that you can benefit from, right? Like you, it's true. It's how you choose to see it. Like I wouldn't, I don't regret studying it, even though I didn't end up in it, but like I would choose something different next time, but I definitely don't regret it. Right. Like I, I, I had a passion for it at one time. Um, I developed a really like, you know, set specific set of skills that I'm now I'm able to apply at like an operation procurement job at a food company, which I never thought. 
right? I was like, well, I'm going to end up in like, uh, my I specialized in water treatment because that's what I was passionate about, right? So yeah. like, it's very different. Um, I got to work with people that, again, came with like different backgrounds, but still had the engineering back, like engineering kind of style and like well-rounded approach. Um, yeah. So it was, it it made me, that's what made me stick with it, I think. Right. And I want to grow in this now. I want to grow in this field. Now, the more you learn about it, obviously, the more time you spend towards something, the more interested you can become in it. And I've definitely become more interested in it now. That was part one of today's episode. If you enjoy what you're hearing, you can continue listening into part two, which will be starting right after this. You've been listening to the Experience Siki podcast. 